Did you know we rely on petroleum for many of the products we use daily? Petroleum is used to make aspirin, contact lenses, detergent, sunscreen, and so much more. At Energy Transfer, we know how important petroleum is, and we transport it safely every day. Learn more at energytransfer.com. Persuade like Peter. Hi, and welcome to the Preaching Points Podcast. For this week, I'm your host, Brian Hedinga. In just a moment, Dr. Jeff Arthurs will have the first of three installments encouraging us to persuade like Peter. Well, as many of you know, Haddon Robinson has been a distinguished preacher and teacher for over 40 years. And later this year, on September 9 and 10, we'll be honoring Haddon Robinson at the National Preaching Conference. This year's theme is, What's the Big Idea? In tribute to his legacy of a lifetime of preaching excellence. Haddon will be preaching, as well as some of his friends, Alistair Begg, Soong Chan Ra, and Tony Evans. Please consider joining us. Go to the Center for Preaching website for more information about the National Preaching Conference, September 9 and 10. And now for this week's Preaching Points podcast, we follow along with Dr. Jeff Arthurs as he explains why a preacher's upright character is essential when trying to persuade their audience. I'd like to talk to you about persuasion. And in a moment, we're going to use a great case study of pulpit persuasion, namely Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2. But before I encourage you to persuade like Peter, let's just pull the camera back for an instant here and look at the general topic of persuasion. Namely, uh, should preachers be doing it? Should we be concerned about it? Is this the target we're aiming at to persuade our listeners? Well, there's been a lot of controversy about that in the history of the church. You may remember some of the church fathers said things like, what hath Athens to do with Jerusalem? (laughs) Meaning, what does this sacred study, the Bible, the spiritual topics, what does it have to do with uh, worldly rhetoric, you know, the persuasion of the ancient world? Other uh, church fathers like Augustine said, no, we're in the persuasion business. Uh, It's a neutral instrument. Rhetoric is a neutral instrument that can be used for good or evil in the hands of a a good or evil person. But uh, is there any biblical guidance on this issue of persuasion? Should preachers be persuading? Well, consider this uh, verse from 2 Corinthians 5.11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. That's what it says. That's what Paul was trying to do. Knowing that we will appear before the judgment seat of God. That's the previous verse. Knowing that we are accountable. Knowing that he has put this ministry of reconciliation into our hands as his stewards, as his mouthpieces, his heralds. Knowing this, knowing that we are, you know, we will be judged. We're out there on the sidewalk. We're out there in the agora. We're out there in the synagogue trying to persuade people. Jesus is the Messiah. Turn to him, repent. So Paul saw himself as a persuader. Now, having said that, you will uh, cite some other verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence and tricky speech and loftiness. I came with the simple message of Christ. And that's right. So there's a balance here. We don't come trying to trick people. We don't come trying to show off our skills. We're not trying to win applause, but we are in deadly earnest about helping people understand the truth and respond to that truth, and we call that persuasion. Okay, so with that as a a background into the art of uh, rhetoric, 
do we see it modeled in the Bible? I think we do. And one of the great case studies is Peter's sermon at uh, Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And I want to encourage you to persuade like Peter. Let's tackle this topic by thinking of the classical breakdown of persuasion into ethos, pathos, and logos. Do you know those words? Ethos means the perception the listeners have of you, your relationship with them, you know, your character, what they think of you. And that is probably the most important element in persuasion. Do they trust you? Do they think you know what you're talking about? Are you modeling the truth yourself? What do we say? Uh, Listeners don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, that's ethos, right? Okay, does Peter tap into the power of ethos? Does he demonstrate sincerity and expertise and uh, moral uprightness? I think he does. One of the things he does is at the very end of the sermon is that he makes a very heartfelt, touching appeal to children, that is, to parents of children. Uh, He says there in verse 39, this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. This promise is for you and your children. And he demonstrates a commonality, presumably speaking as a father of his own children. He knows how much we love our children and he expresses good will. He cares about them. He wants the best for them. That's one aspect of his use of ethos. Another is that he demonstrates his good sense, that is to say his knowledge. He quotes regularly, and this sermon is permeated with Old Testament quotation. In other words, he knows what he's talking about. He knows that his audience, the Jews of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, would expect that any argument about the Messiah is going to have to be grounded in the Holy Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. And so he demonstrates that he has thought about this. He's meditated on it. He's showing them things they haven't seen from the book of Joel and and, uh, Psalm uh, 110 and other places. So he's demonstrating uh, knowledge. And then finally, he demonstrates good, upright character. He establishes common ground with his audience. He demonstrates objectivity. And he does all of this with enthusiasm and forcefulness and uh, dynamism, if we can tell what his nonverbal communication was like by listening to the, the words as they're written. So, persuade like Peter, give full attention to your ethos with goodwill good sense, and good character. And that was Dr. Jeff Arthurs with this week's Preaching Points podcast from the Center for Preaching at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Every week we try to offer brief reflections on preaching that point you toward preaching excellence. And once again, you can find all sorts of preaching resources as well as more information about the National Preaching Conference at the Center for Preaching website. Hope you'll check it out. And I'm Brian Hedinga, and thanks for listening to Preaching Points next week, part two of How to Persuade Like Peter.
Today on News 4 at 4, one out of four COVID survivors dealing with symptoms months after having the virus. We're working for you, showing you how a local hospital is helping to solve the mystery of COVID long haulers. Plus, Pat Lawson News, Leon Harris, and Sean Yancey catch you up on the day's biggest stories. And Storm Team 4 Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer helping you plan for the next 10 days. Working for you, today on News 4 at 4 on NBC4. It's the Big Cereal Sale this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Hy-Vee. Get cereal for just $1.49. Stock up on General Mills cereal, like Honey Nut Cheerios, Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs, Cocoa Puffs, and Tricks, just $1.49. That's right, just $1.49 at Hy-Vee. And Kellogg's cereal, like Frosted Flakes, Mini Wheats, Raisin Bran, and Rice Krispies, just $1.49. Don't miss the Big Cereal Sale this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, only at Hy-Vee. Summer restrictions apply.